Hi, everybody. This is Nancy Novak, Chief Innovation Officer for Compass Data Centers. And we are here for another episode of Breaking Glass. And I have a very prestigious guest, Noelle Walsh, who is Corporate VP for Microsoft. And I'm super excited to have you here, Noelle. I'm really delighted to be here, Nancy. And ha Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. So we have a lot to, um, to cover here. I'm super um, happy that we are talking about the items that I think will make a difference, um, the topics that will make a difference in becoming more inclusive in our workspace. And the first thing I really wanted to ask you, Noelle, is we know that women um, are underrepresented in the, in, the, in the mission critical space, especially at the executive levels. So I was hoping you could share some of your thoughts on unconscious biases or, you know, the coin phrase potential versus credential and how that might contribute to this underrepresentation. Okay, now that's a great big question, Nancy. Um, and, I, and I know we're both eager to get to equal representation, you know, within our industry and at all levels. Um, I agree with you. I think unconscious bias plays a role. Um, I'm glad we're, we're I, I believe we're past the days of overt discrimination. Uh, but now it's the microaggressions. It's the, you know, the unconscious biases. Um, and, and I think where another level of learning and, and teaching will be needed to, to peel away at those unconscious biases uh, so that we give everybody a fair chance. Um, I also agree with you on, you know, do we hire for credentials or for potential? Um, and I know in Microsoft and in my organization, we're starting to look at how we, you know, how we go out for, for jobs, the, the words that we use to make sure that they're gender, gender neutral um, and attractive and not too heavy from an experience perspective. I mean, after all, our industry, the data center industry is, is relatively new. Uh, there are no degrees that qualify you as a data center engineer. Um, so we need to hire from the best and across all facets. And that's all about, in my point of view, rapid learning and potential. I agree with you on both of those. And I think ultimately then, and, and I know that's tough, it's on those of us, uh, you know, the women where we are today and those, you know, coming up through their careers to, to lean in, you know, have a presence at the table. Um, you know, and I've learned over time to embrace my own differences rather than aim to fit in, um, embrace the difference and help others, you know, understand where I'm coming from as well and potentially overcome their unconscious biases. That That's that's really, really important to, to hear. So I kind of want to repeat that for the audience um, because I also kind of learned that, Noel, late in my career about understanding what my own differences were and then how to, you know, sort of explain or, um, or you know, validate that with my peers and my superiors so that they understood, you know, um, how to receive me. And I think a lot of that has to do with um, you know, getting to know folks on a, on a personal and professional level, which is a little bit harder for women who are in a male dominated, you know, environments, because, you know, it's just, it's, it's not that we don't love and work with all the male colleagues we have. It's just a different type of relationship. So when I'm joking about something or, um, you know, or, you know, basically passionate about something, it doesn't always come across the same way if you don't know that person on a different level. Does that, does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense to me. And to be honest, uh, kind of early in my career, I didn't understand how important networking was. I, th I thought it was something, 
you know, superficial or superfluous. Um, but mid-career, I realized that it's, they're important and how important it is for me to get to know my colleagues and allow them get to know me. So I and to be to be perp- to make for me to make the effort, I may be I may be shy by default, but uh, I love actually making the effort and getting to know people and allowing them get to know me. And it is different when you're one of the few women in the room. Um, and I do unfortunately think it's on us sometimes to make that first step because sometimes they don't know how. It is. It absolutely, I, I agree. I mean, that's, at least you can go in a positive direction. And then I, I also kind of want to layer on that if you can get to know someone at a bit, you know, a deeper level or a more intimate level, that allows folks to see what your potential is, right? And the attributes you have in a different light, which which I think is super important, but not an easy fix. But I do like how you said, you know, if we take the first step, we try to, you know, make sure we engage as women. That's great advice um, for all different ranks, you know, within our business. Um, I wanted to circle back a little bit on the unconscious biasing, just because. Um, I, I heard what you said about like, you know, the overt versus, you know, unconscious biases and I and the differences that I have kind of recognized that I think a lot of people don't understand is um, is the unintended, you know, consequences over those microaggressions that you mentioned. And and basically the the, the biases that are are presented with good intentions um, in that unconscious realm. Does that make, I mean, that's something I was hoping that we could explain. No, no, it does. And I try to be, you know, graceful, knowing that the intentions are positive. However, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're not to be tolerated. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you, you know, something that happened to me very early in my career, you know, probably two years in the job and I'd worked on a project and it, it turned out well and I was, you know, young and excited because it worked. And my boss's boss called me into the office and that was to, you know, thank me and recognize me and talk through the, the project. Um, and I got up and I was walking away feeling, you know, good about myself. And then, then, then he said, and it may have been well intended, but it came across like a ton of bricks. Then he said to me, but Noelle, you know, why do you bother? Um, uh, I said, excuse me. He said, you know, someday you'll have a family, you have other interests. Why do you bother, you know, to put such effort into your work and your career? You know, you, you should take it. You should take it easy. Um, I, to be honest, I didn't know how to respond then. I didn't know how to respond. I probably went home and cried for a while. But then I then I realized, you know, I think he was playing some kind of fatherly figure. But, you know. Um, but I also realized it was on me. And I, I did want to get married and have children someday, unfortunately have had. Um, but I learned, you know, what an unconscious bias. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I learned for that Crazy. not to hold yeah, don't I learned for that not to hold me back. If anything, it probably motivated me more. And I would love to kind of tell all other women, don't hold back. Don't be planning for the worst case scenarios or the best case scenarios. You know. Live your life and your career to the full. And what I've learned, you'll adapt as life sends you in different directions. You, you'll adapt then in that moment, but yeah. don't hold, don't hold back in advance. I, do, you know, I think that's also so important and such great advice, Noel. Because first of all, it's jaw dropping in today's you know age. But at the same time, what you what you pointed out was he was um, 
looking out for your interest in his own through his own lenses, not through yeah. your lenses, right? And I and I do um, love the the way you kind of ended that by saying, you know, don't hold back and don't let those those kinds of things, you know, create any kind of a um, stumbling block for you because crossing those bridges before you get to them is is very um, it's very detrimental, you know, to not just your career, but who you are as a whole person, I think, um, because you don't know how you're going to deal with something until you get right there. And I think as women and women leaders, we've proven that the jobs can be done um, in a different way, you know, than they have been done traditionally and sometimes in a, in a, in a better way. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think we have an onus to achieve our full potential, whatever that may be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was I, I, I just made me think really quick about, um, you know, how like I have three kids and I and I I know how they feel about what I do for a living. And I know that they would probably say to me that I'm not my whole person if I'm not doing that as well. Kids are very smart about that. But what I really wanted to point out is like it's all about having those choices and feeling good about them. Um, and it's and depending on where you are in your career, or how you want, how far you want to go like feeling good about having those choices, whether you're male or female, to, um, you know, be the primary caregiver and or the primary breadwinner or, you know, just the, the dual um, partnership, you know, that, that folks want to choose in any way, shape or form. I feel like just being able to feel good about that and having a business that supports that would make a large difference. So with that, having, having said that, <laughs> we have to get into like, those um, those other structural barriers that we have and societal barriers that we have. Um, and, you know, and so we have to combine like what our mindset is versus what these barriers might look like and then how we can go and, you know, attack those things. Right. Yes. No. Yes. And it is. Um, it takes effort. It takes purposeful effort, in, in my view, uh, because I don't think we're yet at a critical mass where it happens naturally. Um, so, you know, some of it is, you know, metrics and encouraging a diverse slate of candidates every time, encouraging a, a diverse interview board every time. Uh, and that's with hiring, that's with promotions and with everything uh, and aiming to find, you know, I talk to my team about looking for the best talent in the world, um, which means diverse talent. We're not going to deselect anybody in advance, but yeah, we're at a, I, I think, I think it. In these years, it's we've got the um, opportunity to make a big difference. The momentum seems to be building, but it's it's still not natural. It has to be very uh, very purposeful, and I believe top down. You know, it has you know come from leadership, and I think um, and I'm delighted to see the growing number of male allies that we're we're, we're kind of having on board as we go. I was just going to um, circle up to that the allyship because I would love to hear your thoughts more on the differences between allyship and mentorship and also kind of like that mindset that, that um, we'd like for our young women to have with, uh, you know, with confidence, you know, the, the confidence that they need. Right. Yes. No, I, 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 I agree. I've kind of realized it's, it's it wasn't just personal, that confidence thing. It, it may be, it may be gender, um, but sometimes we're aware of, Maybe the what we you know if we come to a job description, we're aware of the five or ten percent we may not have versus the eighty or ninety percent we have. So I, I think that confidence is uh, very important. Um, I think we all need multiple mentors and life coaches and friends. We 
count on as we as we go through life. And I see mentors as work as you know as, as people who are a safe space to share ideas to 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 ask about you know somebody said something in a meeting how did you interpret it you know could I have done something different whereas I think allies and advocates are a lot more I think proactive um, and constructive and I think there's a lot more men who've got you know wives sisters daughters mothers uh, friends you know and family who are you know starting to to see more that the some of those subtle unconscious biases and it's so I know it's so deeply rewarding when, when, uh, when the men, you know, speak up in in meetings where we're promoting or hiring or making decisions about business decisions, about projects or about people. Um, um, yeah. So we were talking about um, allyship, and um, I love I love what you said about you know how rewarding it is for men to you know speak up on behalf of women. Um, it's interesting because when I do speak about this, you know, quite often in in the market, I in the industry, I am, I always have a line of men to your point, Noel, that are daughters, um, you know, you know, or wives, or certain individuals within their lives that they want to help, and they always come up and say that they want the how to, what do I do, um, how do I help the, you know, my women colleagues because I can hear what you're saying, and I know when. Um, you know, one of the colleagues that I work with gets talked over or gets passed around, right? Yeah, that, that I was I was going to bring that one up as well. I think it starts with looking out for each other in in meetings, and uh, you know, and ensuring everybody has a voice, um, and we encourage them to to speak up. And I, I personally find that more difficult in the virtual environment. I, I I feel like I can do that better when we're all in person. So that's something I need to to learn to do better at now that we're you know we, we virtual meetings and we're on camera. That I don't just focus on those with their hands raised, but uh, also those maybe who may be quiet but have have a lot to say. That's a super good point. I hadn't even thought about that, but um, you know I'm a people person, so I like being in person. But I, I hear what you're saying. If you're in a, in a meeting or on a Zoom call. Even though seeing faces on a camera is helpful, um, it's not the same as being in person and being able to pick up on those nuances that you can't pick up, you know, when you're on the screen. So that's an excellent point. Um, I I was hoping that Noel that you could um, kind of give us some rundown on basically just kind of how Microsoft is looking at this and what you guys are doing. I love um, the mindset, you know, attitude that Microsoft has to make difference in the world, um, being one of the oldest you know, large tech firms in the world, I, I just really think that there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah, no, th- thank you for giving me this opportunity. It's a, it's part of why I, I joined myself. You know, I love that vision of empowering every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. Um, and, and I can tell you being in multiple meetings now and, and a few years at Microsoft, we, we mean that. So every person to achieve more. Um, so with that, we, we, you know, we embrace the growth mindset. It's a, it's still a relatively new industry. So we're learning every day and that takes vulnerability and openness and being authentic, learning from mistakes, new ways of doing things and moving on. And I think underpinning that is diversity and inclusion. So that diversity of thought, diversity of of gender, culture, ethnicities, um, industries, experiences. Um, but for that to 
truly work, then we, we, we're learning to be inclusive. Um, and we have a number of trainings on allyship and what different, you know, the experiences of different minority groups, different ethnicities, um, and how to overcome, how to be aware of our unconscious biases and overcome those. So we have a lot of cultural trainings and we set a lot of leadership expectations and we, you know, we promote and reward people based on not just what they achieved, but how. And I can assure you the how is as much as important as the as the what. So we have you know, deep conversations on that, um, as well as you know we review every month and you know with the person I report to at a staff level, and I do it with my team. We review how we're doing on hiring. We review our employee sentiment scores, poll scores that people have a sense of belonging, that people um, feel safe to speak up. And we, you know, we like to focus on our areas of opportunity because there's always areas of opportunity. And my organization, we're growing at about 30% new people every year, um, wow. Which, wow. Is, which, is, which is super exciting, new geographies, new people, but how to, you know, how to raise the, the culture, the lived experience, and be truly inclusive while we're being diverse. So it's it's not easy. I'm learning it's not easy, and I'm educating myself every day. Um, but I, I I love it, and I, and I do actually believe that the world will be a better place once we have diversity in governments, at companies, you know, at schools, hospitals, etc. Wow, I I I did not realize the um, the focus on the how. Um, and the results. I just think that's fascinating because I can under, I can start to think, you know, how critically why how you get somewhere is so important and sometimes more important than getting to where you've gone, right? And I personally believe it's helped us as a company with our rate of innovation because I think that that how and safe place and speaking up and collaborating with others, I think it feeds uh, innovation. Sure, sure. So, and that, that was one thing that I wanted to you know, kind of touch on before we um, parted ways here. And that is, you know, the strong business case around diversity and inclusion, innovation being one of the areas, you know, that I feel, um, you know, really benefits from having these diverse, you know, experiences. No, I, I agree. And I, I remember the McKinsey study. I, I don't know how many years old it is now. I forget that looked that studied different companies and, for example, gender uh, percentages at board levels and upper management and came to the conclusion that the most progressive, most successful businesses have gender diversity and at a rate of 50 percent. Um, which first, you know, first I was, you know, excited and amazed at that. And then the more I reflected on it, I thought, well, how strange that we actually, you know, in the, this generation do a study and uh, to discover that 50% representation gives the best results. But it is, it is encouraging to know that the statistics um, support our, our cause. Yes. I, yeah, I, I like to focus on that because I do feel like, um, you know, I always look at it as this is kind of the right thing to do. Um, well, not just kind of, but it is the right thing to do. Um, and, but it does, it makes perfect sense um, from a global economic standpoint to provide opportunity to all, you know, everybody. And um, 
So, so there's such a strong business case that I always encourage people to go look into that because um, I feel like, you know, maybe you and I, Noel, we're in this world where we focus on it so often that we just assume others know and they, and it's, I just encourage people to go look into that and really understand what's happening there and why it's so important to the, on a global scale. And then you can have that ripple in the pond effect where, you know, you can pass it on and have other people look into it as well. That's a good point that we not take it for granted. That's a good point. It's it's the right thing to do, kind of equal opportunity and being fair for everybody. But it makes so much business sense too. That's a that's a great point that we keep communicating that message. Yeah. So I my 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 final you know question for you, Noel, is around um, kind of the stuff you were talking about that Microsoft does, um, which I think is fantastic. Um, kind of where the results are are hitting, and then what did what did COVID do? What kind of impact did COVID have on these goals that you guys have been you know trying to achieve and the trajectory on where you're headed? No, that's that's a great question. I mean, I, I'm reading a lot about you know the the great resignation or the great reshuffle, um, and disappointed to to learn that it's. Um, it may be setting us back from a gender parity perspective that more women are opting out of the workforce in general than men. Um, we're not seeing that trend within Microsoft, um, so we so not you know not at scale. But uh, as a company, we we've put a lot of effort on on well-being and you know gave everybody five additional vacation days to ensure people would take time off, um, paid leave if pe people needed paid leave, you know, childcare benefits, um, elder care benefits. So we've we've looked at it holistic to, to try and, you know, ensure our employee base gets through this, you know, healthily and, uh, you know, and, and well. Um, I don't take That's that fantastic. for granted. You know, I don't, I don't take that for granted. Um, mm -hmm. Well, well, that's probably why you guys haven't seen the same, you know, setback that a lot of other industries have. It's that intentional way that you've you know, looked at this in that holistic manner. Um, and that, that's wonderful news. I think it is wonderful news because I, I like to be able to present things uh, on this podcast that show, you know, uh, processes or policies or, you know, just that that growth mindset that you have that really does get you results. And clearly, if you guys are if Microsoft is doing um, better than a lot of the other industries when it comes to gender parity and through the COVID and all of that. Um, I think that, that that shows that what you're doing is working. And I'm really, really excited about um, just the fact that what you've shared with us is something that um, I, I would like other businesses to try. I would like other people to be able to spread that word. No, and I think when I think about it now, I mean, looking out for people's well-being and, and health, it's not just the right thing to do, as we discussed. It makes great business sense. It, uh, it's not an either or, it's an and. And I don't want to undermine, you know, the difficulties people continue to go through, particularly now with this wave of COVID and Omicron and the impact on, on schools, etc. We're not out of the woods yet, but uh, we've put a lot We're of... We're definitely not out of the woods. You're right about that. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, so can, do we have any great closing thoughts or parting, you know, um, you know, calls to action that you would like to, you know, state at, at, before we end our podcast, Noel? Well, Nancy, I, I, would, I would like to thank you for holding this podcast and other podcasts and keeping, you know, diversity and gender 
diversity front of mind. Um, and I think we're both in a very exciting uh, industry with rapid growth that needs top talent. So my, my call to action, I think, for anybody listening in is to take advantage of this growth momentum to truly make a difference. I mean, some of the studies say it will take us 50 years or more to get to gender parity. Um, I don't like to believe that. I think we can get there a lot sooner and it'll make business and the world a better place. And every little bit count, every every small step, uh, as you kind of mentioned, can have a ripple effect. So um, I would say take the opportunities and now now is the time. Yeah, if not now, when? The demand is here and let's let's take advantage of, of these opportunities. I think that's fantastic and it's very uplifting. So I very, very, very much appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us. Again, everyone, this is Noelle Walsh, uh, Corporate VP with Microsoft, and this is Nancy Novak, Chief Innovation Officer with Compass, signing off. Thanks for listening in. Thank you, and thank you, Nancy. Take care.